You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you? Yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome on in, welcome on in, welcome on in to an all-new episode of Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. You guys can always give me a follow at Just Plain Zach or follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach for all the latest tea. We have a lot to break down today. Um... Yeah, we're going to be talking Real Housewives of Beverly Hills now that the reunion is taped. We're going to be talking a bit about the Royals now that we're going to be going into the our next book club, which is going to be Revenge by Tom Bauer every Tuesday. We're going to dive into the Meghan Markle of it all. Um, and we're also going to talk a bit of Kardashians news now that Ray J is calling out Kim and Chris. So we'll get into all that stuff. We'll start off with the Royal Housewives of Beverly Hills before we get into the other tea. But hopefully right now you have out some fizzy Housewives-inspired wine for yourself. Packing a punch at 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. It is my no-filter wine. I call it my Housewives watching wine because it's what I watch. It's what I drink when I'm watching The Real Housewives. It's crisp and lightly fizzy. It's available at nofilterwine.com. You must be 21 or older to order. 21 or older to order. Please sip responsibly and head over to nofilterwine.com. And when you do, send me pics, guys. I want to see you having a litty city summer. Okay? Okay. All right. Hopefully, you guys had a good weekend. I know I had a good weekend. Um, I had a pretty, like, a chill, tame, relaxing weekend. And now I'm ready to to dive in. Okay, so let's talk Real Houses Beverly Hills. The reunion has wrapped. So first up, Cherie was not there, and neither was Patrick Somers. So he once again, I mean, I, the fact that we're even still talking about him, he obviously lied about going. He was actually posting on his Instagram stories and, like, on Twitter about, like, being at the reunion and being vindicated. And then that, like... Ended up not being true. He wasn't there. He wasn't even brought up at all at the reunion. He wasn't even mentioned. He's now, I think recently, somebody sent me screenshots that he was posting about like, oh, the real secret is that he hooked up with Harry Hamlin. And I don't know. He's making all sorts of like wild accusations. Um, And it's kind of nice that he's spiraling um, because that means that he is actually becoming less and less relevant. So... Cherie wasn't there. Diana also was not there. Apparently, Diana uh, reportedly tested positive for Zavid. Z, the, the, I don't like to say the word because then YouTube catches the word and then I get like flagged. So we're not going to say the word, but she did, she took a little test and the test came back green and it wasn't a pregnancy test. Okay. So she wasn't able to attend in person. So she had to call in via zoom while she was in Hawaii and everyone was like, Oh, but it looks like she was out and about. Maybe she was like asymptomatic or something. I don't really know. All I know is she couldn't be there. So she zoomed in. Lisa Rinna was there. Kyle was there. All the other women were there. And right next to Andy were Lisa Rinna and Kyle. Which is interesting since everyone thinks that Lisa Rinna has gotten fired. So next to Lisa was Erica, Dorit, and Crystal. And then on the other side, it was Kyle, Garcelle, and Sutton. Presumably, well, actually not presumably. It was actually very similar to last year's reunion where it was basically the same seating arrangement except they switched Erica and Lisa Rinna. So... There was a surprise guest. The surprise guest happened to be Jamie Lee Curtis. I would assume her appearance was likely to promote Hollywood, or sorry, not Hollywood, was likely to promote Halloween Ends, which she stars in with Kyle, and the reunion will air around the same time that the movie comes out, so it all kind of makes sense that she did this as probably like a PR op, right? Because obviously they want all the Housewives fans to support Kyle and to go and watch Halloween, and if Jamie Lee Curtis is involved, and because Jamie Lee Curtis had her wind chimes, and Dorit was like, oh my god, so chic. 
it just makes sense that they would have Jamie Lee Curtis at the reunion. Even though, I mean, at first when I heard that there was a surprise guest, and I was like, ooh, who was the surprise guest? It kind of like sounded exciting, right? Well, wrong. It wasn't that exciting. It ended up being Jamie Lee Curtis. And I was like, we already got the most that we were going to get out of Jamie Lee. She's probably going to end up coming out. She's going to promote her wind chimes again. She's going to promote the dog leash and the license plate holder. And Dorit will probably give us another that's so chic moment. And then we're going to talk about Halloween ends and what was like working with Kyle. And she'll be like, Kyle is so great. I loved working with Kyle. And then Kyle will be like, Jamie, oh my God, Jamie, thank you. And then that'll be the end of it. I heard it was a very brief segment, so we're not going to get a lot of Jamie Lee Curtis. But I mean, we'll probably get as much of her at the reunion as we got of her in the last Halloween movie, Halloween Kills, because she was hardly in that. But I actually did a watch party here at my apartment last October for Halloween Kills. The movie was awful, but the watch party was actually pretty fun. And I had like some Housewives inspired um, cocktails that I made. I also did it for Kyle's Peacock movie. What was it? The Housewives of the North Pole. That was actually a really cute one. I liked that better than Halloween Kills. But I am thinking of doing a watch party for the Hocus Pocus 2 uh, premiere on Disney Plus, and I was thinking of like maybe doing more like Housewives inspired cocktails, but like Halloween themed. I don't know. We'll see. Back to the reunion. So, according to Your Moms Are Watching on Instagram, that's the name of their account, Your Moms Are Watching, the biggest drama is really between Kyle and Kathy, which kind of checks out since Kyle posted a series of Instagram stories about like how people abuse you and how it makes you stronger. And what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Stand a little taller. Na, 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 na. So, Yes, Kyle is totally embracing her her Kelly Clarkson moment, and it seems like she was probably throwing a little subtle shade at Kathy because they have apparently a couple of blowouts that happened throughout the reunion. Apparently, the two of them beef pretty hard, which is likely a result of what went down in Aspen and how that kind of came up on the show and how Kyle doesn't have Kathy's back. Very similar to like what Kim used to say, right? How Kyle doesn't have anybody's back. Kyle doesn't have her sister's back. So I'm pretty sure Kathy's going to throw down that card as well. Lisa Rinna posted a text exchange between her and Kathy where she claims or sorry where Kathy claims or it appears Kathy seemed to have asked Lisa Rinna not to bring up something on camera this is all the stuff that Kathy apparently said about Kyle she didn't want Lisa to bring that up because she's like it's going to be bad it's going to be bad for everyone everyone's going to have to get involved and this isn't good and so obviously we know Lisa Rinna is going to be like you better believe him to talk about it and she talked about it and she posted the text exchange and I don't believe that any of this is connected to the tequila thing, right? Because this week we saw Kathy trying to promote her tequila. And the next week we see that uh, Lisa Rinna goes up to the bar and she's like, can I try 818 tequila? That's Kendall Jenner, my friend Kendall Jenner's tequila. My my daughter used to date Kendall Jenner's brother-in-law, Scott Disick. My daughter, Amelia Gray. I don't know if you know Amelia Gray, but she is the daughter of Harry Hamlin. Do you know Harry Hamlin? Because I'm married to Harry Hamlin. Well... Harry Hamlin's daughter, Amelia Gray, was dating Scott Disick, who used to date Kourtney Kardashian, whose sister's with Kendall Jenner. And that's the tequila that I want to try, is Kendall Jenner's 818 tequila. So I actually think the issue, though, and we see Kathy kind of storm out of the bar, and she's like, I'm pissed. And she's like, mm, she, she wanted to try Kendall Jenner's tequila. And she was doing that whole thing and throwing a bit of a tantrum, and then she kind of like goes. She threw like a little fit. I wouldn't call it a full-on tantrum. It was like a little baby fit, a hissy fit. And so she walks out, and she's like, I'm pissed, blah, 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 blah. Well, it seems like they're alluding to the fact that that may be part of her big blow up in Aspen was it was about some tequila. I don't believe that that's the direction that we're going. It seems like there's a bit of some foreshadowing with that. But I actually think the issue is much bigger than the tequila. I think Kathy has a bigger issue with Kyle and the tequila was just a piece of it. Or likely it's what tipped her over the edge, right? But I mean, to be fair, like she was put in a bunk bed, in a basement, 
And then she also showed up. She had like no makeup with her little Trader Joe's like bag. And part of me is just like, mm. and this was months after she negotiated her higher her higher pay rate to appear, remember? But I'm kind of like, is this like the real Kathy? Like, are we, or is this part of the character Kathy? Like, why would you show up with no makeup on? Why would you show up with your little Trader? It wasn't even a Trader Joe's bag. It was like a thin old, you know, like market bag. And so I'm like, is this her trying to play up the hunky-dory character? Like, does she think that this is going to be cute and zany? Or was she really just, like, over it? Because Homegirl looked like she was over it. For, and from what we've seen so far, like, it appears she came in, like, kind of annoyed and agitated about something. She, um... Apparently her issues with Kyle have never really been resolved and we'll see a lot of that come to the forefront at the reunion as a result of Aspen because her whole Aspen meltdown was like a big giant rant about Kyle. Um, Now, if you'll remember, I was the first, I was one of the first, if not the first, I may have been the first, but don't quote me on that because I know you guys don't like when I get too big of an ego. Um, But anyway, so I was one of the, I believe I was one of the first to reveal that Erica was the one that heard and revealed that Kathy dropped the homophobic right? The F-A-G word. Well, that gets brought up at the reunion as well. Again, I don't know how much of it is actually going to make the show. Obviously, an accusation like that's pretty big. And so I don't know if Bravo's really going to want to put that all out there. But I mean, if we're talking about Erica's behavior, then why can't we talk about everybody's behavior? I think we should mention it all, right? Well, Erica seems to have brought it up at the reunion that Kathy told her um, that old FAG told told her to go back to, to L.A. Apparently, that's what the DJ said to Kathy because she wanted him to play Michael Jackson. And he's like, homegirl, we're not playing Michael Jackson. This is not, you know, the 80s. You don't get to just put a quarter in my asshole and, you know, get to request a song. This is a Spotify playlist. Ask Paris Hilton because she's a DJ. And, like, I'm an artiste now. And the way that I smack this space bar is a skill and I get paid a lot of money to smack this space bar so you can smack your old butt back to LA and Kathy was not happy about that and she called him an old FAG and maybe he was old maybe he was a little you know a little saucy with her maybe he was an old queen and he was just like listen girl we don't do Michael Jackson anymore Michael Jackson is canceled and Kathy Hilton's like don't you know Michael Jackson is my friend my friend Michael Jackson the same way Lisa Rinna is friends with Kendall Jenner but like who cares about Kendall Jenner because she made a fake tequila and I made a real tequila and my tequila I'm an investor with my daughter Paris Hilton do you know Paris Hilton she's my daughter and she's an investor in this Casa de Sol tequila. And on top of that, it's actually Eva Longoria's tequila. And it's Dorit's favorite tequila. Don't you remember when I brought it to her house? And I said, remember, it's the tequila that you like so much. It's your favorite tequila, Dorit. Remember with the gun held to her head? She's like, remember, Dorit, this is your favorite tequila. Well, the DJ was not having it. And he told her to go back to L.A. where she can make a real request with like DJ Khaled or something. Apparently, Kathy denies all of this. There's a big exchange of words, but apparently she doesn't own up to anything. She doesn't own it. She denies, denies, denies. It's very Lisa Vanderpump. It's very Denise Richards. It all kind of sounds exhausting, if you ask me. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm looking forward to this reunion. Like, it does sound a little... Like, now I'm kind of like, okay, maybe we can make the Jamie Lee Curtis segment a little bit longer because it sounds like this is going to be fatiguing, you know? But I do find it interesting that Rinna and Kyle were the ones sitting next to Andy, especially considering everybody thinks that Rinna's going to be let go. And so now it's like, well, maybe she won't be let go. Maybe she will be back. I don't know. Honestly, I feel like anything could happen at this point. I can honestly see Kyle leaving. I can see Rinna leaving. I can see Garcelle leaving. I can see Dorit leaving. I can see Diana leaving. I feel like they could all very likely just like voluntarily walk away at this point because it's like, why stay? You know, what is there left for them to gain? I can see Erica staying for the paycheck, but, you know, she's got a lot of legal bills. So I can understand that like the incentive to stay would definitely be the financial gain. But like... I don't even know. Maybe it's more of a liability for her to stay on the show because, you know, obviously we don't see her in her best light. You know, sometimes she has these snappy moments. I'm trying to be delicate with it and try to be nice, but <laughs> she she snaps and she makes, you know, she has these very unlikable moments and obviously the audience will drag her for that and they continue to drag her for that. But to me, it seems like the only person that like actually enjoys doing the show is Sutton. Um, listen, homegirl fought for her diamond. At the very beginning, I was like, yes, yeah, Sutton, you get that diamond. You earned that diamond. And she fought hard for her diamond and she got that diamond and I don't think she's willing to let the diamond go that easily. So we'll see. I think Crystal's kind of eh, one foot in, one foot 
out. If they ask me, I'll come back. If they don't ask me, I won't. Like, I don't think Crystal's tied to the show all that much. The other women, I feel like, are just exhausted. Like, it's all exhausted. Like, I don't even know why Garcelle would stay on the show. Like, I feel like even Garcelle's like, this is dumb. It's exhausting. What is there to really gain from it? So I just, I don't know. And Cherie, I don't know if she, she didn't bring much this season. So with so many cast members, I get why they didn't bring her to the reunion. Cause it's like, she didn't have much of an involvement in any of the storylines. Um, but I don't think she'll end up getting upgraded for next season. It didn't seem like she had a strong season as a friend of, if anything, she might continue to be a friend of for next year. I don't mind her. I actually kind of like Cherie. Uh, it is funny though, how many people that love Garcelle and wanted Cherie to be her friend or that knew that she was her friend, wanted Cherie to be full time because they're like, yes, Cherie and Sutton and Crystal and Garcelle. Um, and then once they saw that like Shuri wasn't dragging the other ladies and was actually like trying to mend fences as we saw in Aspen when, you know, Erica was coming snowmobiling with them, she's kind of like, well, let's, you know, look at it from a different perspective. Let's try to not have a bad time. Like, I know it may be tough, but let's try to make the best of a situation. And I don't think the audience really liked that because she didn't immediately drag Erica and she wasn't being a mean girl towards Erica. Um... And it feels like the audience turned on her a little quickly. I happen to enjoy Cherie. I saw somebody was tweeting about like how Cherie always brings up dating Will Smith. I haven't really caught that. Um, but I guess most of her scenes aren't that memorable. Uh, I like Cherie. I actually, um, I don't think she's given us a whole ton. But I think when she is around, like there's a lighter presence, right? There's a lighter vibe. She kind of seems to break up some of the tension in the room sometimes. Her approach is a little bit soft and it kind of just like balances everybody out. So, but it definitely seems like the audience turned on her real quick, especially after she said that she agreed with Erica that Sutton could be a bit of a liability as a friend since she's always putting her foot in her mouth. Or actually, she didn't say, she said that she didn't agree with the the term liability, but that she understood Erica's point and that she said something similar to Garcelle. And then everybody was like, no, and they like wanted to burn Cherie. And I was like, guys, we liked Cherie, remember? We liked her. I still kind of like her. But I get why she wasn't at the reunion. Like, it didn't really make a ton of sense. So the reunion's probably going to be airing like towards the end of October because I believe we have five, four or five episodes left. We have this upcoming Aspen episode. I believe there's one more Aspen episode where we see the full Kathy meltdown. And then we have a few events that took place after Aspen. uh, Garcelle has an event, like a, a dinner party, I believe. Erica has her pretty mess hair launch. Crystal has her party um, where the women are all dressed up. And then Kyle has her finale party. So we have four more events that have to take place between Aspen and the end of the season and the reunion. So it seems like we've got at least another five episodes. So if we got another five episodes, that's going to take us into... We're not going to get the reunion until October, but I would assume we're probably going to get a reunion the second or third week of October, which is just in time to promote Halloween Ends with Jamie Lee Curtis. So I was also just on Jeff Epstein's podcast, Manic. I believe it's uh, Patreon only. So in order to listen to it, you'll probably have to subscribe to the Patreon. But I actually, I love Jeff. I know he's like, you know, everyone thinks he tweets crazy things, but I actually, I like Jeff. I think he's a lot of fun. I think he is a lightning rod with his opinions. He's very unapologetic and I'm definitely, I always have a blast with Jeff. So if you guys want to check out his podcast, I was just on it. We get more into the Aspen stuff. Um, And why I wasn't actually bothered with the Kathy Hilton tequila moment where everyone was like, these women are so evil because they're being mean to Kathy. But I was like, but guys, like if we really think about this, you know, and take off like rose colored glasses around Kathy, like it actually, it actually kind of makes sense why they didn't want to address it. And this isn't me trying to defend the Fox force five as much as it is me trying to like, I don't know. Like to me, I was like, it was the end of the night. We had already gone out to dinner. We'd already been drinking. Like cameras are still rolling that at this point, it's probably like, everyone's like, uh, like, we just want to wrap for the night, Kathy. Like, can we do this another day? Can we do like, we've already had like, first of all, so these are the points that I made on Jeff's podcast. And Jeff was very much like, you know, wanting to, you know, give Kathy Hilton a participation 
participation trophy and be like, it's okay, girl. It's okay. I'll buy your tequila and we'll make it up. But I was like, but listen, this is this is my argument, okay? One, Kathy Hilton's not, not a full-time housewife. She's a part-time housewife. She held out most of the season because she wanted a bigger check. She finally got her bigger check. And the second that things didn't go her way, when the women started talking about her Aspen meltdown, that's when she stopped filming with the rest of the cast, right? I believe she only filmed one other time after Aspen. And that's the scene that we see of her and Rinna and Kyle, where Rinna's like, you're not going to get away with this, Kathy. You're not going to get away with this. So, and I don't believe that Kathy actually knew that Rinna was going to be present for that scene. So she's barely even in this season, right? And what we do see, she is always promoting this Casa de Sol tequila. And she had it at Diana's holiday party. She brought it to Dorit's party. Like, we've we've had the tequila. She's got many moments with the tequila on multiple occasions. Listen, and she's smart, right? She's there to promote her business. She's there to, you know, do a product placement and good for her, right? If you're on the show, you might as well use your TV time. But also just like, come on. It feels like the only reason she came back was that she could promote the tequila. And I don't even get why she's trying to promote the tequila so hard because I don't even think she makes a ton of money off of the tequila because it's not her tequila. It's Eva Longoria's tequila. And she's just one of the investors in it. So I'm kind of like, what is the big deal with the tequila? This is why I think that her issue with Kyle is much deeper than the actual tequila. And my thing is, it's like, okay, why don't we like arrange, because she did dinner parties and stuff last season. So like, why not arrange a tasting, right? Or a cocktail hour where you can bring a bartender out to mix up different drinks. Like Kyle likes margaritas. So why don't we do like an actual, you know, something like put a little effort into it to kind of like make sure that there's real visibility on the actual tequila. Um, But like she showed up in Aspen. She had no makeup. She didn't really participate in any of the group scenes. And I'm just like, like, I don't like how the women were very dismissive of her that night. It wasn't nice. I didn't like it. It did feel a little mean girl-ish because it just kind of felt like they were all like, ugh, over Kathy. But like, come on. We also, like, they weren't very nice about Dorit's charity. Like, we all laughed at the name. Kathy did her whole to this and homeless and homeless and to this and to this and homeless and homeless and to this and her and, her and Garcelle had, had their little kiki moment and they laughed about it. Um, so it's just like, you know, that's kind of housewives world, right? Like we're all a little shady towards each other. We kind of like, you know, support each other, but like we're frenemies at the same time. And like, I don't know, to me, I don't think it's that deep. I think people are making a bigger thing out of it. Um, but honestly, like if you wanted to promote your tequila and you wanted to make it a thing, like why not host a dinner party, right? Why not host a cocktail hour or something that can actually give the tequila a proper moment, um, not just like an end of the night, you know, because like how cute would it be? Like Rinna, when she was promoting her wines, she had a tasting party, right? When she was promoting Rinna Beauty, she had a disco party. Eric is going to have her Pretty Mess hair party coming up. Kyle's had charity events where she promotes her charities. We had a whole sit down with Jamie Lee Curtis to come off and show us the wind chimes that Kyle hosted at her house. So it's like when we're doing product placement, like you want to promote it. You want to make sure like the cast is all there. They ha- they're fully engaged. Um, I think a dinner party would have been been great bring Patrick out Patrick could have been like having margaritas we could have had a margarita night right the girls will come for a margarita night even if they don't really like tequila they'll come and they'll support Kathy I don't think it was never to not support Kathy intentionally I think it was just ill-timed right it's the end of the night everybody's tired. Um, It was very dismissive. I didn't like it, but I'm also just like, listen, if I just had a whole night and we had a long day in Aspen, I would be like, I don't want to, I don't want to drink your, I would probably still drink the tequila because I'm not going to turn down, you know, a free drink, a free shot. (laughs) But maybe if I was already sauced and lit, maybe I'd be like, "Mm, maybe not well, but whatever. Um, all, All that said, I definitely enjoyed a nice glass of A18 tequila last night. It was very delicious. Kendall Jenner, this FIG, thoroughly enjoyed it. I got the Reposado. I thought it was delicious. I know a lot of people don't like it. A lot of bartenders don't like it. I like Reposado. I personally go for like a Casamigos, but I was like, you know what? Hey, I'm at CVS right now. They have some 818 tequila. It's on sale. Let me cheers. So I had some and it was good. Cheers. Um, Denise Richards says that she wants to come back on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm not a big fan of the idea. I feel like when she was on the show, there was a lot of deflection and she did a lot of like, bravo, bravo, bravo. And she ran and she denied everything at the reunion. And there was the whole season desist thing. Um, which... Because, like, the cease and desist we've seen recently came from Kathy Hilton and came from Diana Jenkins, right? Because Diana was trying to 
stop people from spreading this rumor that she claims is false, that she has a relation to Jeffrey Epstein and that she um, was a madam, right? And that everybody that was featured in her book, 23 Rooms, is um, like they were clients of hers. And so I don't believe those rumors have ever been substantiated other than being like Reddit theories. Um, and they were fan theories, right? It wasn't even there. From what I've seen, there was no real legitimacy to any of the rumors. So I would understand why if it's like a rumor that keeps circulating and like, you know, bigger publications were, you know, going to talk about this theory or this rumor or whatever. Cool. Like you can send a cease and desist, whatever. Um, But the season desist went to people that were circulating this story outside of the show. Same thing with Kathy Hilton. Um, when she sent out her season desist about Aspen, she was sending it to reporters and media publications telling them she didn't want them to publish this story about her. So I don't have an issue with those season desists, but the season desist I have with Lisa Rinna is that it was sent to Brandy Glanville and it was sent to the production because she wanted these things edited out of the show. And my thing is it's like you can't you can't really like, you can't throw a cease and desist and threaten to sue, you know, another cast member or production because you don't like what's said about you on the show. So that was my issue with her cease and desist moment is she tried to control the narrative and the image perception of her on the show. So I don't, I wasn't, you know, I liked her her first season. She gave us a second season. I feel like she kind of tanked that second season. And I'm kind of just like, we don't really need Denise back. Like, I'm kind of good without her. Like, she's doing her OnlyFans thing. You know, she's making a ton of money off of OnlyFans. She's got her Christmas movies and her Hallmark movies and all that stuff. So at this point, I think Denise Richards is fine. I don't think we need to bring her back to Beverly Hills. I think we're good. You know, it would be interesting, though, because everyone's like, bring back Denise and Garcelle and Sutton and Lisa. Like, if Sutton or sorry. Yeah, if Sutton, Garcelle. Denise and Lisa were all on Beverly Hills together. You know there's got to be some drama and conflict. And I'm very curious as to what the fans would react to and who they would turn on first. Are they going to turn on Garcelle? Are they going to turn on Sutton? Are they going to turn on Denise? I think Sutton would definitely be the first one that they turn on because she does have a lot of slip-up moments. But I don't know. We'll have to see. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about the Queen of England and Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, and then we'll talk about the Kardashians. So the Queen of England has passed away, and everybody was very sad about it. And I was kind of, and some, a lot of people were like very shocked by it. And I was like, guys, why are we not sound like a bitch? Because I'm probably I'm probably gonna sound like a bitch, but like, were we really shocked that the Queen passed away? Like, I feel like there have been, like, some rumor, like, we were all kind of on the edge of our seats, like, when is it going to happen for, like, you know, 10 years now. So, I wasn't surprised. I'm sorry to the royal family that she has passed away. I think any sort of loss is awful. Um, grief we've talked about extensively on the show. So, my heart goes out to the family that is grieving right now. Um, but listen, I have a great-grandmother. She's 92. She's like blind in one eye and deaf in one ear. And I love her dearly. But like if she's not going to be around another 10 years. So I don't think any of us would be shocked, God forbid, when she passes away. God, I hope she doesn't pass away like tomorrow. That would be awful. I love her dearly. I love her a lot. Um, but like, listen, at some point you kind of know when, you know, they're the you start to see the the grim reaper in, in the shadows and you're like, okay, I think, you know, I think this is coming sooner rather than later. But anyway, everyone was wondering if Meghan and Harry were going to be in England after the queen passed away because they had their big explosive Oprah interview. Well, they showed up. We know Meghan Markle was not going to miss out on a press, on an opportunity to have a, a PR moment. So they were there with Prince William and Princess Kate. They spent just under an hour Right outside of, uh, there was like a little memorial set up outside of Windsor Castle. So they were there. They were chatting with people that had, had come and were there to mourn the loss of the queen. So since the queen died, now Charles III, now he's become King Charles III. And Prince William and Kate Middleton have now become Prince and Princess of Wales. They said, peace out, Cambridge. Now we're here for the Wales. I'm still trying to learn all of the terms and the hierarchy and the royal stuff. And I'm going to, if you guys are interested in me breaking this down further, I'm kind of interested in it. To me, it's kind of fun. You know, I love a new project and a deep dive research project. So 
I, if you guys are interested in like more content on the Royals, I'm down for that. Like I can do a total, you know, dumb Americans guide to the Royal family. But um, it's interesting because Harry and Meghan will remember that they were stripped of their Royal titles after they resigned and ended up moving over here to the United States. And then they got their like $80 million Spotify deal. Like how is like Spotify, like, mm, Spotify, you got $80 million to share. I'm ready. Put some respect on my check. Let's do it, Spotify. I will sign a deal with Spotify tomorrow. I will do it tomorrow. If they said, hey, Zach Peter, we like you. We want to give you some of this money, honey. Give me that Alex Cooper. I'll take, I don't even need a Meghan Markle. I think she had $800 million, not $80 million. I think it was 80 or 800 It's one of the eights, right? We know Joe Rogan, his rumored salary was... 200 million and that was for a rumored four-year contract i don't even need joe rogan's two-year four-year contract for 200 million i'll take the alex cooper money alex cooper they gave her 60 million for her caller daddy podcast and i'm like listen netflix let's go speak it into existence manifestation let's get it get it get it right well back to the royals so their kids, Prince, uh, their Meghan Markle and Harry, their kids are now considered prince and princess. So they're now Prince Archie and Prince Lilibet because their grandfather is now the British monarch, making Harry and William's kids now in direct line to or direct line as or now in line as direct descendants of the throne. So the reason that they didn't have their title, those titles originally is because the queen was still, she was still the monarch of the British monarch, right? So their kids were a generation after. So I believe, so it was Charles's generation and Charles's kids. They were, because they were descendants and they were in line to the queen because they were related to the queen. They were considered, you know, prince and princess or I think Meghan and Harry, I believe, are still Duke and Duchess of Sussex. So anyway, point being, Queen passed away. Charles III is now there. So because he's the grandpa of their kids, they're now considered Prince Archie and Princess Lilibet. Okay, it was a whole scandal because while Prince William's kids had their names updated on the official royal website, Harry's kids were not updated on the royal website. They were master and master. It was Master Archie. And I don't remember what they called Lillette, to be honest with you. But anyway, it's like a Facebook status update. Right. So for, for Meghan and Harry, their status is basically it's complicated still. So. They don't have their official titles updated on the website. And the monarch has yet to confirm or deny that they are going to get their titles or not going to get their titles. They technically should be getting their titles because according to the rule of the royal family, they are now prince and princess. So they're supposed to be, but that's like technically not officially. So apparently they're like, well, the website wasn't updated because we haven't officially made a decision. I was like, what decision are you officially making? Because, like, we want to know. Obviously, we're heavily invested in this. So no decision has officially been made. So who knows what the heck that means. Again, I'm just a dumb American. Actually, a dumb blonde American at that. So, But like I said, we'll be diving further into the Royals with our book club. The next book we'll be reading is Tom Bauer's Revenge, which is an expose on Meghan Markle. And it gets into the Meghan and the Harry and the Queen and the Monarch and the, the British. And the British are coming. The British are coming. Well, the Americans are coming to study the British, okay? I'm fascinated by it. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to dive into it. We'll be breaking down the first five chapters this Tuesday in our book club, which goes live every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. We go live on Instagram and we go live on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Zach. Also, if you guys are interested, I did just launch subscriptions on YouTube. It's only $2.99 a month. That's it. $2.99. You get exclusive content, bonus content that's not available anywhere else. I've already started uploading some videos, like some behind-the-scenes videos from our Spilling Tea Live tour that we did back in April. So lots more stuff to come. I also want to start doing like stories from my time in Hollywood, right? So, or well, like when I was working for celebrities. So I want to do one on the worst celebrity I've ever worked with. 
I want to do a video on maybe how I started working for Jenny McCarthy, like how we kind of came together and how our relationship came to be what it is now. That might be kind of interesting. Um, wildest stories from when I was on tour with New Kids on the Block, because obviously Donnie was married to Jenny, so there was a lot of overlap there as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I can talk about like working with uh, Mar- working at Maria Menounos' network when I was doing like hosting gigs back then. Um, Richie Sky was also there back then. We never taped anything together, but Richie Sky was there back then. Um, who else did some hosting stuff with us at, at after was Grant Rudder was there. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that you guys really know that would be familiar to you. I don't know. Whatever you guys want to know about any of my work history in Hollywood or if any of those topics were like super of interest then leave a comment below and let me know which one you really want for members only. Like I said, it's only $2.99 a month. Our after parties will be moving there. So there'll be exclusive after parties for members only on YouTube. We'll do at least two of them per month. So you'll get a guaranteed two after party live streams per month. We'll drink, we'll get lit. I'll spill all sorts of tea, whatever you want to know. I'll mention it all. Okay. So you can sign up for that at youtube.com slash just plain Zach. Okay. Let's talk Kardashians. So Ray J is calling out Kim and Chris over the sex tape. So the tape that made Kim Kardashian a household name is now back in the news after Kris Jenner has appeared on the James Corden show. Okay. She took a lie detector test and on air, she insists that she did not leak the tape. Okay. She says, I did not leak the tape. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Pat the puss. So now TV world is very different from the real world, right? So TV world is always scripted, especially like, uh, well, he's not daytime TV. He like talk show TV. It's very scripted. It's very like everything is like down to a T. All the segments, the questions, all of it, right? So when it comes to lie detectors, they also usually ask the same question several times in order to like get an accurate reading to see if you're lying or you're not lying. So they typically don't ask you one question and based off of your first answer, they say, you know, you're lying or you're not lying. Like typically they try to like make sure they read different things. And even then lie detectors are not very accurate to begin with. So it's very possible because from what I know about lie detectors on television, it's possible that Kris Jenner took the lie detector test prior to filming this segment and everything about this segment was all preset because I believe they do like a full lie detector test um, like in the back because it usually takes like some time, right? They do the whole test, they get all the results. And then once you're actually on camera or on air, then that's when they'll ask you the questions again. But at that point, they already know what the questions are and they already know what answers you got. So it's not like an in the moment, oh my God, that was a lie or in the moment, oh my God, that was the truth. They already know what the answer is going to be. The Usually the person taking the lie detector test and the, the hosts, they usually don't know what the answers are, but the person that's revealing the information, they've already analyzed all of this. So it's all already been done. Um but so it's possible that Kris Jenner already did all of this and this was all pre-scheduled and pre-planned or it's possible that this was a faux test altogether and it was not a real lie, de- lie detector test. Either way, this got Ray J all fired up. He's Kim Kardashian's ex. He was the one that was in the sex tape with Kim Kardashian. So he got all fired up about it and he's claiming that that's not true and that Kris knew about everything and that Kris was in on everything and he went on Instagram stories or not Instagram stories, Instagram live rather and he had a whole little PowerPoint presentation like he was like a student back in high school and you know all he needed was was his silver little laser pointer it was a hot mess from the clips of the the instagram live that i did see it was a mess i was like homie if you're gonna be dropping these receipts and stuff then like let's at least make sure you know we have the slides like set and prepared and like we've rehearsed this we know the speech we know what we're gonna be delivering like this this was rough um but anyway he has his PowerPoint presentation. He's trying to go over all of it because he's leaking the DMs that he has with Kim Kardashian about their, the Hulu show, The Kardashians, and about Kanye. Because in the first season of The Kardashians on Hulu, one of the storylines is about how her son Saint, or was it Sam? I, I believe it was Saint. Saint was on Roblox. I still don't know what the hell Roblox is. But anyway, he was on Roblox, and there was you know something that was 
that came up about there being additional footage to Kim's tape with Ray J and how there was new footage that was going to be coming back or coming out. And then Kanye negotiated with Ray J's manager. It's unclear whether he's a current manager or a past manager or what his affiliation with Ray J currently is, but Kanye coordinated it with him and went and got the drives. That way the new footage couldn't actually get leaked. So, him and Kim had an exchange about that where Kim was basically um, telling her or he was telling Kim, like, you're a liar. You know that we set this all up. And Kim's like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you're doing, like, why you're bringing this all up again. Everything that happened on the show was happening in real time. I truly believed that this was your manager because his, his Instagram account said that he was your manager, like, in his bio. So... Whatever. Ray J is also revealing part of the contract that he signed, giving the rights to Vivid to sell the tape. Okay. So in reading the DMs that he leaked, Kim's responses didn't seem like uber, like, schemey to me. Um, It seemed like they were just trying to, like, craft a cleaner narrative about how Kim and Ray J were working together to put this all behind them. Like it it seemed like they were just trying to clean up the situation, clean up the story and polish it. So it made a better television show, but it didn't seem like there was some big scheme in it. Um, She, my impression in reading the messages was she's like, listen, I have kids, you have kids. Like we don't need to make this a big thing. We can make this a positive thing saying that we're putting this behind us, whatever, whatever. It kind of seems like she was trying to invite Ray J on the show or invite him to participate in some sort of way to kind of make sure that the, the narrative and the storyline of it all was crafted very clearly. But I didn't think it was a secret that Vivid bought the rights to the tape, right? And that Vivid needed Kim and Ray J's permission to release the tape. So they had to give consent. I feel like Kim's kind of denied this in the past. And this is where I feel like she keeps getting caught up in it. I think Chris Jenner's actually a lot more. Actually, I'll get into the Chris piece next, but I actually so they had to give consent. That's the bottom line. Kim and, and Ray J needed to sign over the rights to the tape. So my understanding is that the tape was originally being shopped around and that it was out there, right? It was being leaked. It was being shown to other people um, and that it was being threatened to be put on the internet. Now, in this case, when there is a intimate tape that's being spread around and people are threatening to publish it, a celebrity has two options, okay? The first option is they fight it in court and they work very hard to scrub it off the internet, which is what happened with Brett Michaels when he had a sex tape that leaked with, leaked with Pamela Anderson. This was after her Tommy Lee tape. They or he fought it very hard. Um, it didn't seem like she was all that. She had already went through it with Tommy. So I think she was just kind of like, oh, my God, here we go again. Right. But even now, he fought the case. He won the case. He won. I believe there was a settlement. Um So Brett Michaels was able to make sure that his tape was scrapped, right? And he was able to take legal action so that this the the company that was threatening to distribute it couldn't actually legally distribute it for a copyright infringement claim, right? It's the same thing that Khloe Kardashian pulled when there was the photo that she didn't want on the internet out there and she was claiming copyright infringement, which is basically the case. You can't publish anything that is owned by somebody else. So... In this case, Brett Michaels won his lawsuit and he fought very hard and spent a lot of money. However, the tape, at least in part, is still on the internet. I know because I Googled it before taping. I was like, does it actually still exist? If you Google Brett Michaels and Pamela Anderson and their tape together, you can see there's at least like snippets of it, like little pieces of it. Um, Listen, I'm just going to say it was a very hot tape. Pamela Anderson was hot and Brett Michaels was hot and it was a very hot tape. I felt guilty because it was a leaked tape and I was like, oh, we're not doing this anymore, are we? We're not still leaking people's stuff. It was cute back then. I guess it wasn't cute, but we were okay with it back then and now it just feels slimy. But anyway, even though he fought it in court, the tape still got out there, right? And the tape is, is leaked out there. All these different websites are publishing it and recirculating it and whatever. And he has no say over it. He has no connection over it. So the other option when your tape gets leaked, which is what Kim Kardashian and Ray J did, is to sign over the rights and get compensation from it, right? 
So this was likely done with the help of Chris Jenner because we do know that Chris was Kim's manager at the time. So, and we even saw at the beginning of Keeping Up with the Kardashians on E, Chris said in one of her confessionals, she was like, as her mother, I wanted to kill her. But as her manager, you know, it kind of let a light bulb go off in her head. So I don't think at the time that they had the resources to be able to fight like Brett Michaels did in court. And I think they saw this as an opportunity to monetize the scandal in some way, which ultimately ended up working out right because it led to the the reality show on E! And then it, it really kind of just catapulted by making Kim Kardashian more of a known name. So I don't believe Kris Jenner is the one that found the tape, right? She wasn't like going through the closet and is like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a VHS tape. Let me put this on. Oh my God, it's Kim and Ray J. Money, money, money. Let me go sell this to Vivid. I think the tape, and I believe Ray J was the one that was kind of shopping it around. Um, at the time, it's like, and maybe he wasn't shopping it around to, like, sell it necessarily, but I, it, it could have been that he was just sharing it and other people were seeing it and other people were getting access to it and maybe it fell into the wrong hands. I don't really know. I just know. I think it got into the wrong hands and was being threatened to go up on the internet and there was no control over it and no compensation, nothing. So like you can go the Brett Michaels route, right? And get screwed because his tape still exists on the internet right now. You can see him naked banging Pamela Anderson. You can see his dick. It's actually a pretty nice dick. Um, it's thick. Um, it, it's actually, it seems like a very nice sized penis. Um, and good for him. Good for Brett Michaels. I think if I signed up for Rock of Love, I would kind of be like, okay, Actually, it's a little bigger than I like. So I would probably disengage. Um, but listen, Brent Michaels, Poison, like he was pretty popping in that moment. So, or actually, was he? Yeah, he. I guess he was pretty, he was more popular than Tommy Lee. So I can understand why he wouldn't want this out there and how he had a bit more of a financial means. But we know like the Jenners were kind of struggling financially. Like they've had moments, like they've done well, but they also had moments after Bruce's career where Chris was kind of just like trying to make sure they kept the bills, the bills alive or the bills paid and keep, you know, the lights on. Kathy Lee Gifford, even I think recently a couple years ago, shared that like she had to loan them money at one point because they were really struggling. So I don't think they had the financial means to be able, at least not at the, at that time to fight this. And I'm pretty sure it was, it seemed like a really great opportunity to help Kim and to build her career. So they capitalized off of a scandal. Again, maybe Ray J really was the one shopping it around. Maybe someone close to him was shopping it around. I can see Ray J as the type of guy that'd be like, oh my God, bro, look at, look at my video with Kim. Oh my God, look at this. Oh my God, look at the way she takes it. Like I can totally see Ray J being that dude. Right. So Whatever the case was, I don't believe Kris Jenner is the one that leaked it. And it doesn't seem like Ray J had any actual receipts that prove that Kris Jenner is the one that leaked it. Aside from Kris being the one that helped Kim sign a solid deal with Vivid where she got compensation for the actual tape. Right. I believe Ray J said they each got paid 400000 for the tape. Don't quote me on that. I'm I'm solely going based off of my memory from what I remember him saying. It may have been four hundred thousand each. It may have been four. I don't think it was forty thousand each. There's no way they would sign that over for forty thousand. And I believe to this day it's like one of the top selling celebrity sex tapes. I mean, it might have changed now that OnlyFans is up and now that you know celebs are making a lot of money on OnlyFans. But wild, right? But yeah, I'm curious if you guys think. I don't think Chris leaked it. I really think my theory checks out. Someone close to Ray J got their hands on it. He was probably flexing on it. Somehow Vivid ended up with a copy of it. Or maybe they took it to Vivid themselves because it was already out there. And Chris is like, listen, we're going to have to do something with this. And we're going to have to clean it up in a way where you can still make money off of it because we can't fight. Because even when you're like threatening to sue and fight, like... Even the Khloe Kardashian picture, right, that she was trying to keep from circulating on the internet, people screenshotted that. People have the photo. People can still put that up on the internet, and you can't fight that forever. You know, there's no way to completely scrub it from the internet. Once it goes viral, once it's out there, it's out there. It's going to exist. Somebody's always going to have a raw copy or a copied copy that they're going to be able to put out there. And listen, look at what it did for Paris Hilton, right? She also had to sign over the rights to her tape. They can't sell it and use your image legally without your permission. So it usually is the smarter strategy to be like, all right, here you go. 
sell the tape, give me residuals, pay me an upfront lump sum, whatever. Just do what you got to do. This is when you start to see like Farrah Abraham coming out and like putting her tape out there. Danielle Staub put a tape out there that was leaked. All these celebrities were now leaking their tapes. And they're like, oh my God, oh, my tape is out there. <sighs> listen, if my sex tape were to ever leak, at some point I would kind of be like, listen, Vivid, let's go. At this point, I don't even think Vivid is the way to go. It's like OnlyFans only, right? I don't know. We'll see. Listen, I, what would I do if I had a tape that actually leaked? What would I do? I think at that point, I would definitely fight everybody on copyright infringement and be like, you cannot legally take my tape and circulate it or my images. But if they did happen to get out there and they were leaked, I think at that point, I would start an OnlyFans account and make the tape exclusively available on OnlyFans so that the only way you could watch the tape was if you signed up for OnlyFans. And I wouldn't, how much is Kim Kardashian's sex tape? Let's Google this. How much, we're going to find this out in real time. How much is Kim Kardashian tape? How much is it? It has to be like, what, $4.99, $9.99? Let's see. Wow, Kim made $20 million from the tape. That's wild, $20 million. Because I do believe that it was like... um. I do believe, oh, collectively they earned almost 50 mil. Wow. Wow. As of 2021, she was still making 360,000 every year from the tape because I believe she did get residuals from it. That's wild. That truly is wild. Kim Kardashian superstar, also known as Kim K superstar from Cabo release. Wow. They purchased the tape from a third party for $1 million. Okay, so then it sounds like they did both get paid that 400000 right? Ray J got four hundred, Kim got four hundred, and then there's an extra 100000 that probably went to, like, a manager, I don't know, something. It doesn't say how much the tape actually is, though, which is interesting, but... I would assume it's probably like $9.99. So I would probably charge my OnlyFans at $9.99. I'd be like, listen. Well, I don't know. Is that too expensive? Like, would you pay $10 to watch me have sex? It depends on how good the tape is, right? What if it was like a really good tape? I feel like it's so inexpensive now. But listen, I would I would lean into the support your sex workers. Listen, if it's already out there, then I'm going to be like, listen, it's out. It's on OnlyFans. Here you go. I would probably, what about maybe $8.99? $8.99 seems kind of reasonable, right? Yeah, that seems kind of reasonable. Well, actually, I wouldn't be able to release the tape depending on who I'm in the tape with because they would also have to sign off on that. Again, we would have to negotiate all of this. I don't want to be an OnlyFans star, though. I'm a podcaster. What am I, a content creator, a podcaster? I don't really know. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach if you want to keep up with me personally. Or you can follow at No Filter with Zach if you want to keep up with all the latest reality TV tea. I spill the tea there if you want some of my No Filter wine. It is a Housewives inspired, a reality TV inspired wine line. It's fizzy. It's delicious. It comes in a rosé and a white wine. It's available at nofilterwine.com. Must be 21 or older to order. Head over to nofilterwine.com to stock up today. Book Club kicks off this Tuesday. We're reading Revenge by Tom Bauer. The Meghan Markle story. We're going to get into it. Let me know if you want more Royals content. What else? What else? What else? I was on Jeff Epstein's podcast. I was also on Bravo and Blaze, by, hosted by Jenny Blaze. That was a lot of fun. So be sure to check that out too. And hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Love ya. Mean it. I will talk to you all very, very soon. Uh, well, actually, as soon as tomorrow for book club. All right, guys. Love you, mean it. Bye. Bye.